hello, patrons. Welcome to your bonus podcast. Raquel Cyan is joining me here. We're going to talk a little bit more about the intimate. intimate like it's, why is it? Why am I trying to make a, a bit out of that? I don't know. I don't know. Well, but it's okay. Welcome to this podcast. Thanks for doing a special thing for my loyal subscribers. Oh. Uh, so before we talked, before the last interview, um, you said something that I thought was really interesting. And that is that you don't consider yourself a singer. Right. <laughs> so um, please discuss. Well, yeah, I feel, I mean, I love singing. I, um, I, I think I approach it more as an actor. I approach singing more as an actor. So for me, it's about storytelling. Um, and yeah, I feel like, uh, maybe it's just that, I mean, obviously it's probably based in some insecurity, but yeah, I, I approach music from an analytic when I, when I sing, it's about what am I communicating? What am I doing in terms of story, whether it's, um, lyrically or just sonically and maybe that is being a singer but it it feels more based in acting to me than singing mm. then it feels more based in theater than music does that make sense yeah um i saw a performance one time at when i was a student at university of houston of the thing that's really telling about this moment is it was a woman who was teaching me voice. Can't remember her name. Can't remember anybody else that performed at this thing. Lots of great singers. It was a like a recital of her students. And one was, one of the performers was this guy named Rutherford Cravens. He, he's Houston famous. Is he regular famous? Have you heard that name before? I've heard that name, but I don't know. Yeah, he he's a, a great name. Yeah, and so he sang. He came out to sing. I was like, "What? He's a singer." He sang um, "Not a Day Goes By" by Stephen Sondheim. Mm-hmm. Cannot sing, right? And it was the best performance I've ever seen. Like it was so because right. he acted the shit out of that song, and like he sang the notes, but it wasn't like I shouldn't say he can't sing because he sang like, and that's it. Like. Teaching little kids has sort of taught me this too. Like, mm-hmm. and hearing adults refer to themselves like, "Oh, I can't carry a tune." They have all these judgments about themselves. I was like, "No, you, you just did. You did it. Like, you're singing, right? <laughs> you're a singer." So we, there's a lot of judgment about what a singer is. But I think the same thing about myself. I'm like, I'm not really a singer, but I write these songs, and mm-hmm. I like to sing them. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I sing for my little kids. I teach like, I don't. I like. I like that. I yeah. like it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, and I love singing and I, and it's, it's funny because it's like, I found much more, uh, many more opportunities singing than I have (laughs) acting, (laughs) you know? And it's, and it's so strange. I'm like, oh, I guess I am this thing. Um, I also have a very distinctive voice, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm a, cis woman but i have this crazy low voice um so 
uh, I think that in itself is is interesting um, and kind of amusing and kind of shocks people sometimes. Yeah. I just did this. Um, it was so wonderful. I, I We did the show in Philly, uh, which was amazing. Um, Philly has a week, or actually longer than a week. It's about 10 days, 11 days. Uh, Philly loves Bowie week, because Philly does love Bowie, and Bowie really loved Philly. Um, and one of the culminating events is a big tribute night and a nice big venue, like 1300 people called a night of stardust. And I sang a couple of songs and one of them was bring me the disco King mm-hmm. off of, uh, off of reality. And I did, you know, I took some from one of his live versions where he does this crazy low note and I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that note. I'm going to do that crazy low <laughs> baritone note. And it just felt so delicious, you know, and and strange to do that in front of, you know, this huge audience. And it's, um, yeah, so maybe I need to redefine as a singer. Yeah. I, lo- I just love thinking about that type of stuff and it's sort of what we were talking about in the main interview the the way that i think about this if i'm if i'm telling myself well well if i'm telling myself that i'm not a singer and there's a certain way let me flip it (laughs) the thing that i think is meaningful to me is not to judge whether someone else is a singer right or whether or not someone else is an artist or whether their art is good like i've been making an effort lately to not say oh that sucks or that's mm-hmm. terrible. That song is terrible. Mm-hmm. Instead, like, oh, that just doesn't resonate with me. Right. And that's that's so interesting, right? What, yeah. And this is one thing about my show that I'm investigating. Um, and one thing that, you know, that strange fascination, which is a, a wonderful Bowie biography. Um, how he keeps resonating for me, right? When other things fall away or other things don't even make an impression. It's that kind of Buddhist thing of um, attraction, aversion, neutrality. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, why is it we love what we love? A lot of the singers I love are not... uh, it's not about their vocal prowess, you know, but more about the intention. Yeah. Um, same. So, and I mean, he, Bowie never for a long time said he wasn't a very good singer. And he would say he, you know, was a, a writer or a storyteller. Um, I've been listening to the Dolly Parton uh, America podcast. Have you listened to that? I haven't. And I can't remember if it was it's you that told me so I should be watching it good. or someone else. I'm oh, gonna... not, not the one on Netflix. This is on uh, NPR. Yeah. Um, it's so I'm good. Subscribe right now. And she has, she had a moment where she said, 
how Porter Wagner used to make her watch um, their shows and analyze things. And she says, I never liked hearing my voice speaking or singing. It's so interesting. Yeah. Right. And she is, her voice is astounding. Um, It makes me feel better about being that way too. (laughs) Right. You know, like, one of the re- I have video from a bunch of my shows that I could be posting on social media, but I can't bear to look at it. <laughs> oh, I have a bunch that I have to look at and post, and I it takes me a long time to get there. Yeah, yeah, so interesting, right? That we want to be there's this kind of choicelessness, I think, about being an artist or being a performer. Um, I think Spalding Gray described it as an ontological condition. Um, Mm. And personally, that's where I feel safest. That's where I feel able to deal with any circumstance that pops up uh, much more on stage than in life. I feel like, oh, yeah, whatever gets thrown my way, I'll figure it out. You know? Um, And yet... When we have to go back and uh, look at it from an outsider perspective or an audience perspective, or it, it's so difficult. It gets better a little. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still so hard. And, and I know so many people that feel that I, I, don't know a lot of performers who are just like, well, there are a few who are just like, look at me, but it's not really that. Yeah. It's it's, very rarely that. It's almost like I want to do these performances, but please don't tell me I did it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Just let me do it again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh Lord. Okay. I think we should wrap this little section up too. Yes, my love. It's been lovely talking to you, as so always. So lovely. And I'm going to make a point to see the show again <gasps> and bring my boo. Mm. My boo. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm so excited. Yay. All right. Um, I will, I'll talk to you soon. Okay, darling. Have a wonderful day. You too. I'll talk okay. to you later. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye.